0: science and 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 math and and everything are just they're the foundations of everything we do like if even you know if you're an artist you're using science if you're a scuba diver you're using science and math if you're you know a writer there's there's a whole you know science to writing you you have a formula there and you research and you do things and you know inductive reasoning is pretty much the foundation to every single field. It doesn't matter where you go. So as long as you have a passion for learning and a passion for, you know, figuring things out for yourself, then, you know, you can change the world. You can do whatever you want. It's the Mermaid Podcast. We've got mermaids on the land and down below. Legs or
1: fins, you will love our show. All the news that makes a splash is on the Mermaid Podcast. Hello, you're listening to the Mermaid Podcast and I'm your host, Laura Von Holt, the fairy boss mother of Cinderly. We want to give a huge thank you to all of our listeners because we just reached our first 1000 downloads of the podcast. That means over a thousand of you have listened to our show, which is so amazing. As you know, one of our big goals is to get an interview eventually with Channing Tatum when he stars as the merman in the remake of the movie Splash. So every time that you have been listening or sharing this podcast, you are helping all of us to get that much closer to Channing Tatum. So thank you so much. You are awesome, and we cannot wait to bring you more episodes. Speaking of which, this is episode six, where we interviewed Anna Clapper and a.k.a. Aurelia the Deep Blue Mermaid. Anna started her career as an experimental scientist, and we've never met a mermaid who was also in STEM. Those are the fields of science, technology, engineering, and math, just FYI. Anna also told us all about how her grandfather inspired her to be a mermaid and what it's like to go from working in a lab to working in the water. We talked a lot about the overlap between science and mermaiding, and since Anna is also a Red Cross safety instructor, she shares a lot of important tips for staying safe in the water, both as a mermaid and a human. We have some great resources for all of this information, which will be linked, uh, linked to in our show notes at mermaidpodcast.com. One little warning, mermaids do often hang out with sailors and pirates, and sometimes our language reflects that. So if you are listening to this with children around, just know that you will hear two brief curse words. Sorry, Mom. And now, please follow me into the deep blue with Mermaid Aurelia, the Soda City Siren.
0: Um, I am Anna Clapper, otherwise known as Aurelia, the Deep Blue Mermaid. Um, and I'm a professional mermaid and um, Red Cross lifeguard training provider. So Awesome. So you are a very safe mermaid. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Aquatic safety has always been like one of my passions. So, awesome. <laughs> And you're in South Carolina, is that right? I am. Yeah. I am from South Carolina. Okay. So okay. I grew up along the coast, but now I live in the central part of the state. So I'm kind of landlocked, so we have to travel a lot to get to good photo shoots venues but uh, <laughs> so do you
1: do more like lakes and rivers um and pools or where do you swim
0: um well while i'm here in central south carolina i swim lakes we have uh, a couple of really great rivers that run through columbia which is the city i'm in um, they have a lot of really cool rocks and stuff like that so the saluda river the Congaree um and it's just really fun to do shoots there because there are parks and stuff all up and down the river and so kids i actually had one um set of parents like come down so we were not like we were in a very private area so we had to climb down this pretty steep embankment like full of rocks and stuff and i was down there and taking pictures my husband is a and we're trying to make him a photographer, but this is working. <laughs> I <I'll> mean, <be laughs> a family business. <laughs> well, yeah. we're working on it. <laughs> okay. um, but I had this, this couple had this like newborn baby, like less than eight months old, probably, and they just like walk down with this child in their arms down all of these rocks and stuff. And it's like, can you take a picture with our child? I am like, yeah, yeah, sure.
1: (laughs) Wait, (laughs) so, so these people just had a baby. They're out for a hike. They encounter a mermaid and they're like, take our child. Yes, pretty much. I mean, that was definitely a photo they would want. (laughs) I guess you, you can tell your kid you met a mermaid when you were just a baby. Um, all right. So let's start at the beginning. How did you get into mermaiding? Um, Like how did it start? How long have you been doing it?
0: So I've only been a professional mermaid for about a year now. Um, I have been I guess my whole life is kind of centered around water. So my dad and my grandfather are both scuba instructors and um, my mom and my family grew up in South Carolina and scuba diving and doing all that stuff and Um, so I got introduced to water very young and the beach was always like my safe place. Um, my background is in science. So I, um, I am from a very rural, small town where we didn't have a lot to offer educationally. Um, our district was very poor and South Carolina actually has this state sponsored charter school that was founded by the governors in, in partnership with, some very generous donors um and it's called the governor's school for science and math and so i was super very i was very restricted at my high school and so i went to jssm you have to apply you have to get accepted it's like a whole thing it's basically like going to college two years early Uh um because it is a residential program and so i Graduated from there and went to uh, the University of South Carolina, much to the dismay of my family, who are huge Clemson <laughs> Tiger fans. Oh! Uh, if you know anything about the state of South Carolina, you should know I, that. right. I only me. know a little bit, but I know that it means a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have our own like rivalry bowl thing okay. going on; okay. it's like a big deal. Um, but I went to the University of South Carolina, and my degree is in experimental psychology. And I was originally on a pre-med track, so I. Love medicine, I love health, I love um, fixing people, so mm-hmm. that's why I do uh, a lot of the Red Cross stuff that I do. Like, I love teaching people first aid and teaching people to um, be able to help themselves in a situation that, you know, would otherwise, you know, did be- feel helpless. Mm-hmm. I don't like feeling helpless. Um, but I, so JSSM, uh, as wonderful as it was, was a very um, it was it was hard. I mean, it's, it's very mentally straining and mm-hmm. stressful because it is so academically rigorous. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went to the Honors College when I was, you know, an undergrad, and immediately I was taking, you know, 18 to 21 credit hours every semester. I was working oh, wow. at the university pool as a lifeguard, and I was also doing research. And so I was essentially working two full-time jobs while I was in college in addition to taking a like super heavy course load and like in the back of my mind, you know, I had been obsessed with wiki watching mermaids for a very long time. I love wiki watching. <laughs> <laughs> I went to mermaid camp. <laughs> so, great. Yeah. so I had been obsessed with them like my entire childhood and just thought the whole concept was amazing. I have dance background. So it was just like, Oh, this is great. So anytime my studies got rough or um you know i was having a bad day i was just like okay well you know if everything goes to hell i'll just say fuck it go be a mermaid you know like it's it's fine like i was i was actually like training while i was working at the pool um getting at my breath hold practicing my you know kicks with the monofin and everything like that and um i you know and that had always kind of just been like a fun little you know in the back of my head like if stuff doesn't work out it'll be fine i could just go be a mermaid um and then so i graduated college in 2014 and um decided not to go to medical school did not i was not feeling it anymore um and found myself working in a different lab within the same department that i had worked in um, at the usc school of medicine and i was doing biochemistry instead of behavioral psychology, which I know nothing about biochemistry other than the chemistry courses that I took in college. I'm a behaviorist, you know, like that is where my heart is and that's where my passions are. So I wasn't really enjoying it.
1: <laughs> I can imagine <laughs> I, if, to go from behavior to chemicals isn't really the leap I would normally make.
0: <laughs> yeah, and yeah. It, While I was working at the lab, um, you know, I still really loved science, but I was kind of feeling a little lost and then my grandfather passed away and um my grandfather had always just he was always he was that person that was just like my connection to the ocean and he you know was always teaching me all the science stuff he was in the jacques Cousteau like foundation association stuff like he was involved and um he was a master diver with phantom and had this like huge collection of Conks and all kinds of different shells and things that he had collected over the years that he was constantly teaching me about and um, He was the person who drove my scientific curiosity for all things aquatic Mm -hmm. Um, so losing him it was just kind of like all right well I Could apply to grad school for a third time and pray that someone has funding to take me or I could just go be a mermaid. So <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> so, um, he passed away in January, and um, by March, I had finally got my shit together again. Mm-hmm. And in April, I found out that Wicked was having auditions. So I took two days off of work, left the lab, drove down to Florida the morning at six o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Um, got to my hotel to check in at one and the auditions were at four and I went down there and did the auditions and it was great. I had the fastest swim time out of everybody Um, (laughs) because I'm a swimmer. So (laughs) Um, that was pretty fun and um, was just, I was so, so nervous, like way more nervous than I thought I would be because it mattered that much to me. I didn't realize how much it mattered to me. Um, And they, we got through everything. So there are three rounds that you have to do. You have to do the swim test. You have to swim 400 Mm -hmm. yards back and forth across. You talk to them about that. And you have to do the the ballet moves and you have to do the breath hold stuff. And then Mm -hmm. after you make it past those three rounds, you get asked back for an interview. Well, they came up to me and said, you know, you've been Ask for a callback, like, you know, we'll let you know. And I'm like, okay. so you made it through the first round. Actually, yeah. That's so, awesome. That's really hard. <laughs> yeah. I, know. Okay. I know. Like I said, I had been training just a little. Yeah, much. just a little. Um, since like birth.
1: <laughs> basically, it sounds like your grandfather was basically a merman.
0: <laughs> and pretty then, much. Pretty yeah. much.
1: So yeah. it's in your blood. <laughs> so you get to the first round, you get to callbacks, and then what?
0: Well, so they. They said, you know, you made it through the first round, we'll call you back. And I'm like, well, actually, I'm only down here until tomorrow afternoon and I live in South Carolina, so you're going to have to give me like two weeks notice Mm -hmm. so I could come back down. And they were like, well, can you do an interview tomorrow? And I was like, um, uh, sure. Yeah, that sounds great. I, what time do you want me to be here? Uh So I... Uh, checked out of my hotel and went to interview with Dina and um, Mermaid Christie. Oh, yeah, I met, yeah, okay. Yeah, they were all so, so nice, and I actually got offered the job, which was absolutely amazing. I was so, so excited, and then, like, reality kind of sunk in. I was like, uh, my husband and I had just gotten married in September. I was... You know, I had a lab tech salary. Mm-hmm. My husband was, you know, he works in IT, but he works for the state, so not a whole lot there, and we just didn't have a lot saved up. The move was going to be very hard. So you, was, ma-
1: you made it in. You were offered a job, but the realities of picking up your life, it just wouldn't work out for you.
0: Just, it just yeah. wasn't, a, wasn't the right time for us. Yeah. Um, and so after that, I was kind of like looking around, and I, I was like, you know what? could probably do this Mm -hmm. like I I could do this and I have enough experience I'm you know an intelligent type person Mm -hmm. um so you know I could probably figure out how to do this and there aren't any professional mermaids in Colombia like I I am the professional mermaid in Colombia um so I market myself locally as the soda city siren it's fun. beautiful great marketing Um, yeah um so, yeah, last summer my husband and I just said, "All right, we're gonna do it," and um, that's that's where we are. We've wow. we've officially incorporated, and you know, I've done some gigs. We are um, friends with a pirate reenactment group, so we do a lot of things with them. Um, we're really big into living history, so okay. um, we do some Civil War reenacting, and the pirate reenacting is just another excuse to get dressed up, totally. so yeah, we're well, we <laughs> Okay,
1: so you so you started out on a med school track, ended up in a lab that wasn't quite right for you, decided to maybe fall back on your aquatic background and your merman grandfather skills, and then made it as a wiki watching mermaid. But decided to become an entrepreneur and and you saw a market opportunity and became mm-hmm. the professional mermaid in your town.
0: Yes, that's yeah. great. Well- that's it in a nutshell. Okay. I know it's it's kind of a long story. No, it's, it's...
1: no that's that's <laughs> awesome. Um, I so how do you find it being uh you know the only mermaid in your area, and how do you find it running a, essentially a mermaid business or being a mermaid for hire?
0: So it's very hard. We're still building mm-hmm. the business here in Colombia because mermaiding is such a new um, it's such a new career and yeah. people don't realize it, you know, they're, they're like, oh, well, where do you do that? And I'm like, wherever you want me to, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, you know, be in the bathtub. If your kid wants a, mer- a mermaid birthday party, like just I <laughs> think yeah. uh, like, I'll hustle. <laughs> you're, yeah. a, you're a hustling mermaid. <laughs> okay. yeah. 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 So, um, but it's been really great because we have a, a growing art scene here in Columbia, and so um, I'm working with a lot of local artists. We have um, Flavia, who made these awesome earrings that I've got. She's a She works with recycled materials, and she actually just did an art opening, um, I don't know, probably three or four months ago, where she built a Great Barrier wreath out of plastics, like recycled plastics. She worked with sustainable Midlands to... Um, gather up all these recycled materials and just built this, like, totally immersive, like, exhibit. And she was kind enough to let me, you know, kind of join her and act as a spokesperson for saving the waterways. So
1: you were the mermaid in her immersive Great Barrier Reef installation.
0: Yeah, it That's was really,
1: really awesome. cool. <laughs> That's cool. That sounds like it ties together some of your science interests, some of your mermaiding interests, and some of your, um, like, instincts for helping. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um. All right, so I want to go back to you mentioned that you do a lot of pirate reenactment and you do some Civil, civil War reenactment. Are there Civil War mermaids?
0: I don't believe... I don't. I don't really do. So you haven't really do You haven't the done the Civil War plus civil, the mermaid. Yeah. You haven't gone
1: there yet because I'm. I'm into that. <laughs> I like, like, if you did some like Gone with the Wind mermaiding, I would be. I would be there for it. Um, um. So tell me a little bit more about the living history and the pirate and the pirates. Like, do you guys perform at parties? Is it for fun and photo shoots? What do you What do you do when you hang out with your pirate friends?
0: So our pirate friends are actually a. Um, living history nonprofit, so it's it's a essentially a business um and they're called the charlestown few um, charleston has a, a huge history with the age of piracy and blackbeard you know laying siege to charleston harbor and all of that stuff and they are um we work with museums to do pirate days we you know go to special events and and you know do stuff it just depends on Kind of the event and what the captain feels like, you know, dragging Exciting us out. Exciting
1: news, mermaids. We here at Cinderly have just launched our new mermaid game called Mermaid Sea Quest. And we also have new mermaid stickers for the iPhone. So when you text your pod an iMessage, you can send them sparkling mermaids with heart eyes. Both of these things are free. And to get them, all you have to do is search Mermaid Sea Quest in the app store or go to mermaidpodcast.com, and the link to download it will be in our show notes. Yay! Hey, you, you're very into aquatic safety... I'm interested to hear how that works in with your performances and we're working with kids because I would imagine it would be super cool to learn about water safety from a mermaid.
0: Um, so in general, my aquatic safety side of my business and my mermaid side of business are, are kind of two separate entities. Mm-hmm. But I do, um, I have a program in place for, you know, communicating the Red Cross um, it's Longfellow's Whale's Tales. Um, and, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I want to take that. <laughs> it's their, it's their special, like kids, you know, water safety short course, essentially, you know, like it has a lot of rhyming things like reach your throat, don't go and don't just pack it, wear your jacket, oh. things like that. And, um, I do, you know, when I'm, I'll go and speak anywhere and and wear my tail and you know if we have a story time I usually like to incorporate some stuff like that. I have a really great Dr. Seuss book that's all about the different um, you know phases of the ocean and the creatures you can find there so I always try to incorporate some kind of educational thing because empowering kids to you know find a, a passion for science or a passion for engineering and math and any STEM field really, you know, is, it means the world to me. I want to see more kids reaching for that and and especially girls.
1: Yeah. There's, I mean, there's a lot of talk in the media and stuff about the dearth of women in STEM in general and mm-hmm. all of the efforts to um, help little girls find those fields. Um, But I had never thought about a mermaid helping other girls get into STEM. (laughs) That sounds like a great cause. Um, And so do you think it it works? Like, what do you see? Like, do you see the wheels turning in the kids' heads? Like, what happens then when you start talking to them about the ocean and sharing um, stuff about water and and science?
0: Well, and... So this is one of the things that I really love about being a mermaid is that you're essentially a spokesperson Mm -hmm. from the ocean. So they immediately are engaged, they immediately are interested, and they pretty much just soak up any information that you give them. So whatever you say, they're gonna talk about or they're gonna go home and look up books and look up, you know, what you know her names are real yeah that's a genus name that's the genus for moon jellyfish like this is super cool jellyfish are super cool like what other types of jellyfish are there you know that kind of thing so- i had
1: no idea your name was a, <laughs> a genus for jellyfish <laughs> no, yeah i know <laughs> okay
0: um, I wasn't kidding <laughs> when I said I was a nerd. Okay. No, I
1: like, was like, "Oh my gosh, that's a whole another level." I think I've heard people pick mermaid names from like um, folklore, mythology, or something, but you picked it from jellyfish.
0: Yeah, that's, my favorite uh, sea creature nature. is the moon jellyfish, and I have been obsessed with them for the longest time. What do they? What and, do they do? Um, moon jellyfish are just those the small circular jellyfish that have their like clover designs. They're bioluminescent. Um, you know they. They tend to live in um, somewhat tropical waters, so not too deep down in the ocean. They come up to the surface at night and do all kinds of cool stuff and um, I just always found it amazing so as a as a behavioral scientist, as a you know someone who has a background in neuroscience, I've always just been completely like baffled by the fact that they don't have brains, but they still function they still you know can prey on you know their food and and they interact with one another and it's just it's super it's really cool and to to me anyway
1: (laughs) no i (laughs) I I think this is fascinating um i i think it's really interesting because everyone gets into mermaiding for a different reason from the people I've interviewed. Um, mm-hmm. And mostly it's a love of the water. Everyone has that and a love of fantasy and imagination. Um, but I love hearing from you about the science, the nerdy part of it. Like, so, I mean, tell me more science facts. Um, like, what other creatures do you love? What, like, what do you love to share with the kids?
0: Oh, gosh. I, I just like, I like to talk about stuff. So I usually, um, at the pirate events, we have, like, a little kiddie pool lagoon that will hopefully transform into a full-size performance tank before yeah. the, the next season. But we're working on that. Um, uh, we, we usually have a lagoon, and I have, like, a little treasure chest so that I sink under the water. And I could pull, you know, little coins and stuff out for them. Yeah. And I always make them tell me, like, their favorite sea creature and why it's their favorite sea creature before... I open my treasure chest. It's like, you know, kind of say the password type deal. And so we'll talk about, you know, where the sea creature lives and, like, what the sea creature eats and stuff like that. So it's Uh, so cool. So it's a (laughs) really, like,
1: immersive tactile learning experience to to teach them about their favorite creatures and about the water and um, what they're interested in. That's so cool. What do you hope they take away from it, like, at the end of a party or the end of a pirate show um, or the end of you know whatever performance you're doing, what do you hope the kids take away?
0: um i I just hope that they they take away a passion for just learning new things like and and seeking out you know ways to learn new things um, because you know going up i <laughs> I wanted to be a marine biologist when I was in middle school, mm-hmm. and I was something that I was really, really passionate about and you know as you get older that spark just kind of like gets you know snuffed out because people are like oh you need to be this or oh that doesn't make a lot of money you should be this and i i really want to be that like encouraging voice to kids like you can be whatever you want to be just seek out that knowledge and you know make it yours and dive into it you Mm know so and you still work in a lab is that correct I do not work in a lab anymore. Um, I developed an allergy to the animals, so (gasps) that kind of put a stop to that. (laughs) Um, I actually work for the Governor's School for Science and Math now. Um, I work for the foundation that supports the school to give um, kids like myself who came from rural areas the opportunity to go to that school. So I went to the school. Um, It is a public high school so there's not a tuition associated with it but because there are so many students you have to pay room and board and without the foundation i would not have been able to attend because the foundation paid my way essentially on a scholarship so i want to provide that opportunity to other kids and gssm was where i you know, decided I wanted to be a marine biologist because I got to go to the one of their summer camps. And they have a marine biology summer camp that lasts a week long. And I was just like, this is the best ever. So, <laughs> so you you were a water-loving mermaid kid
1: who needed an opportunity to get into STEM. You got it. And now you're a mermaid who gives back and helps other kids get those same opportunities.
0: Yeah, that's... I'm trying to bring it full circle. So yeah. that I, I want to make a difference. Like, that's really all anybody wants to do with their life is just to make some kind of impact and so I'm trying my best <laughs> I wanted to go back into science fluid because I think some people might be
1: like hey mermaids and science don't mix <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and I want to know what you would say to that
0: <laughs> well so considering the fact that there is way more ocean than we have even yet to explore, like as a scientist, like if they are themselves a scientist or have any kind of like inductive reasoning that you know mermaids don't exist or you know whatever, and I'm like, it it does. If I put on a tail and call myself a mermaid, mermaids then in fact in- exist. Like, yeah. <laughs> and you know you don't know what is unexplored, so you don't know what you don't know. So saying something doesn't exist. It's just...
1: So, really, by identifying yourself as a mermaid and putting on a tail, which is what makes a mermaid, is you have then made mermaids real.
0: I mean, that's kind of the way I feel about it. And, honestly, like, evolutionarily speaking, so... Um, and I know a lot of people. I don't know what your viewership your, your is like, but I hope they believe in evolution. are open. To, I think they're open to it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> right. um, but you know, when you look at um, whale and other lobed fin um, fish and mammals and stuff mm-hmm. like that, I mean, they have phalange type bones. They have those bones. The bones where, that are in your fingers. Yes. Yeah. The, the yeah, yeah, Just in sorry. case anybody
1: doesn't know that word.
0: <laughs> okay. Yes, yeah. Yeah. So they have finger bones and foot bones and stuff in their skeletons. And so that, you know, and traditionally with the kind of how it's assumed that life moved and transitioned, you know, lobe fin fish moved out of the water and then moved back in the water. And that's how whales are in the water. And that's why they have these kind of modified. Um, Wait, you know, they were on
1: land for a little while, and then they went back in the water.
0: That I mean, that that's one of the,
1: the theories of evolution. The theories, okay. yeah, yeah. I'm
0: down with it. <laughs> yeah. I, so when I think about like the next evolution for humans, or you know that kind of thing, I, it makes sense that because we're depleting so many, you know of our resources here on land and food is becoming more scarce and it's harder for us to find a place to live evolutionarily we're going to be looking to the ocean to like expand and build homes underwater and that kind of thing so as we move into that environment our bodies will change and we'll become mermaids Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, no, I see that. Who doesn't want to become
1: a mermaid? Yeah, no, I'm down with you. I, I, I like that a lot. I, I also like the idea, because I, I know some people are like, oh, the planet's dying. We have to get out of here. Let's go to Mars. And I like the idea that nobody could say we'll just become mermaids. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, and, and give, give the Earth a chance to, you know, give itself a facelift and, yeah. you know, calm itself. So <laughs> so
1: with your um, interest in science, do you have an interest in environmentalism and conservation, ocean awareness? Is that your passion or are you more about just learning, like education?
0: Um, I kind of, I'm interested in it all, like mm-hmm. it, because it's all so interwoven, like if you're a scientist or you're interested in learning, like learning about conservation, learning about how we affect the ocean, it's just part of that equation. Mm-hmm and you know there are things that i have learned recently that you know like our synthetic clothing Mm -hmm. like i never would have thought that my polyester shirt from target would be damaging the environment but it is either i know (laughs) but just the fact that i wash it you know every week or every other week that releases those synthetic plastic fibers Mm -hmm. back into the water system. Mm -hmm. And so I'm trying to make a change in my life to only buy natural fiber-based clothing and stuff that's made with, you know, an ethical, sustainable practice. Mm -hmm. And um, Chasing Coral, if you haven't watched that, is an amazing documentary, Um, and it's all about the effects. It's all about coral bleaching and things like that. But, you know, the sunscreen that you wear in your pool Mm -hmm. in your neighborhood, that water goes to the ocean. That water goes into your rivers. That water is water. Like all water is connected mm-hmm. and those chemical sunscreens are affecting everything, not just the coral. So it's it's you know, it's it's all connected. Every every if you're learning then you're growing and if you're growing then you're hopefully making the world a better place. <laughs> totally. That's, that's what I I mean I, I like I said, was involved in that art installment, mm-hmm. and that was somewhat sponsored with Sustainable Midlands. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of. Oh, sorry. What's stuff? Sustainable Midlands? Is that an organization or? It's a nonprofit organization oh. here in Columbia and kind of the Midlands area that promotes conservation and recycling and using recycled materials and eco-friendly products. Okay. Um, and so I'm in the works um, in, like starting to work with them and starting to work with um, the river keepers here who, you know, we have a couple um, treatment plants and things like that that haven't been taking care of our rivers. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that is something like, I want to be able to swim in that water. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And I I want other people to be able to swim in that water. But, you know, if you're in that water and you go tubing, You know, you're liable to come out with some kind of skin rash because the bacteria counts too high. So, Mm -hmm. so it's just so it's all connected. You want to keep
1: you want people to be able to enjoy it, to be able to enjoy it. They've got to keep it clean, and it's it's kind of everyone's responsibility.
0: It is everyone's responsibility, and it's our responsibility to pass that responsibility down. I guess if that makes sense.
1: So, I just want to wrap up a little bit, and I really like what you've been saying about. you know, paying it forward, um, for people, adults and kids who are listening, what are the top three things you can tell them about, um, mermaiding science and what they can do to either, um, further helping girls get into STEM or saving the planet? or like, what are, what are the science things we should know?
0: Oh goodness. Uh, that there's just so much. So, I think probably the biggest thing is to just don't let anyone tell you you can't do something like if you want to do it and you are passionate about it you can figure out a way to do it and make it um, successful and lucrative and I mean even if it's not lucrative if you're you know happy about it and you're you know reaching for it then you know that is success if you're if you're feeling fulfilled and if that happens to benefit the world that's great (laughs) you know that's even better and um let's see science and 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 math and and everything are just they're the foundations of everything we do like even you know if you're an artist you're using science if you are a scuba diver you're using science and math if you're you know a writer there's there's a whole you know, science to writing, you, you have a formula there and you research and you do things and, you know, inductive reasoning is pretty much the foundation to every single field. It doesn't matter where you go. So as long as you have a passion for learning and a passion for, you know, figuring things out for yourself, then, you know, you can change the world and you can do whatever you want.
1: <laughs> I, lo- I love
0: that. I also was
1: just realizing as you were talking that, um Before we had science to help us explain the way the world worked, we used magic, and that's mm-hmm. where mermaids come from is the, the idea that the world is explained through magic um or mysticism uh so mm-hmm. I love that that you can bridge that you know um you can bring some of the um imagination into the the hard science um, and and that it can all be about like playfulness too. Yeah. Yeah, and learning and curiosity. hmm Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and then one more question, just for anybody out there who might be interested in getting into mermaiding as a hobby or a sport, um, and maybe they're interested in increasing their breath hold or aquatic safety, do you have a final tip or a resource or somewhere they should go so they can learn in the m- safest way possible?
0: Um, so if you're interested in becoming a mermaid, you must first know how to swim. Mm -hmm. I cannot express that enough. And knowing how to swim well, not just knowing how to, you know, kind of paddle around the pool. Like you should be able to swim a full 25 yards, you know, controlling your breath. And you should be able to dolphin kick 25 yards. Like I have a swim test that I give the kids before I even let them put on a monofin. What is it? So it's, it's very similar to the fin Fun. So fin Fun has this great video on their YouTube, um, and I've kind of tweaked it a little bit. But, you know, they have to swim 25 yards. They can do a front crawl or a breaststroke as long as they can swim the full 25 yards. They have to swim. Um, they have to be able to do a dolphin kick on their front for 25 yards and on their back for 25 yards. So they swim 75 yards before they even, <laughs> even get a tail on. They need okay. to be able to tread water uh-huh. for a full minute. Mm-hmm. And... Um, they need to be able to do that, you know, primarily using their arms Mm -hmm. so they can kick a little bit, but, you know, when you're training to be a lifeguard, you need to not use your arms, but Mm -hmm. this is kind of the opposite because obviously the kid's going to be in a tail. Yeah. Um. And so those are kind of the first general things that I look for because I've been to birthday parties where parents will put their kid in a tail, and that kid doesn't even really know how to swim. And I'm like, I can't see your child. Like I'm in my, I mean I can, but I make you sign a liability waiver saying I won't have to. Yeah. Okay. Okay, um, so
1: first things first, know how to swim. There's yeah. some resources for things you should be able to do before you put on the tail at all.
0: Yes, there are a lot of really great um, resources. Fun's videos are, are very helpful. Great. Um, and... Let's see. One and then, um, breath
1: holding or is, if you're wanting to move, begin to move into scuba or anything, is there um, a art- particular organization you should sign up for? other
0: lessons? Like, What's the first step? So if you are trying to expand your breath hold, I highly recommend taking a free diving course. You can get a um, – so FFI mm-hmm. – um, i forget what the acronym stands for um free diving international as it, as it basically um they offer a pool only free diving course so that's a really great introduction into you know what it takes to hold your breath for a minute and a half and to mm-hmm. see if you things that are around that and that kind of thing um scuba diving is a completely different beast because when you scuba if you hold your breath you die like you do not hold <laughs> okay. your breath that's like the first thing they say is <laughs> Don't hold do your not breath. hold your breath <laughs> okay, like constantly be breathing out constantly yeah. be breathing in do something yeah. um and so that's why you'll see a lot of my videos i'm like you know blowing snot not bubbles because yeah. <laughs> i have scuba training first and foremost <laughs> like that's where and i'm working on my free diving stuff right now right. but um yeah, training and taking the time to get that training will make a world of difference. Just so that you know, you know your body in that situation, and you know how to how to address um, problems when they arise. Because they will cover safety stuff as they're training you, and that is. So, so very important. Do not go to the pool and sit at the bottom of the pool because ten seconds, the lifeguard will jump in and get you because they will think that they have like they, they will think that you're drowning and you yeah. could be drowning and yeah. you, you never know. Yeah. Um, and if you're practicing breath holds at a public pool, make sure you clear it with the lifeguard and make sure that you're moving. So if you are, you know, practicing breath holds, don't stati- don't practice static breath holds at a public pool because it will scare the lifeguards. Practice just kind of swimming back and forth, even if you're just crawling along the bottom. That will help put their minds at ease and they'll be more open to letting you practice. Okay, that's good. So really,
1: like in the same way that we are responsible for our output and how what the things that we use and how it affects the ocean we also have to take care of the people around us while we're mermaiding so they know that you're 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 responsible to yourself and also you're not freaking Mm -hmm. out other people is there any last thing that you want people to know about the life of a mermaid um or what you think it means to be a mermaid um so uh, people think
0: that mermaids and are just kind of they think that this career is just all fun and games and you get to look pretty and you know but it's it's hard work and there is a lot of responsibility there you know you're responsible for being a spokesperson for nature and you're you know interacting with kids at such an impression impressionable age like whatever you say they're going to absorb like i said little sponges so You know, you have a responsibility to be the best influence that you can and, you know, help the world be a better place. Like, you know. Yeah.
1: So really being a mermaid is also about good citizenship. It is.
0: It's about good citizenship. It's also... um, it's not as glamorous as it as it seems. Like like I'm I'm not kidding about the snot bubble thing. Like that is you, <laughs> you do blow snot bubbles and like, you know, half the time, you know, before pictures start, you're fighting with your tail and you yeah. can't get your fancy right or you know, you're just feeling extra floaty that day and yeah. stuff's not working yeah. out. So, so underwater
1: living is not glamorous.
0: <laughs> not not as glamorous as it seems. But you do feel Majestic as fuck when you're wearing a mermaid tail Like, you just feel like a magical creature because you are one. So, that's awesome. It It makes it feel like anything is possible. (laughs) I love that. Thank you for
1: listening to the Mermaid Podcast. We thought it was pretty cool that there was a school that helped young kids and mermaids get into STEM fields. So if you'd like to hear more about this school where Anna works and donate to the programs that Anna helps to run, we put a link in our show notes so you can support the cause. More mermaids in STEM! Yay! More photos and information about Anna, including where to find her online, can be found in the show notes at mermaidpodcast.com. If you like what you've heard, we hope you will share this episode on social media. And if you really loved it, please subscribe to this podcast and leave a review. Mermaids love reviews! And if you join our mailing list at mermaidpodcast.com, you can get special behind-the-scenes information and a heads-up when we have new episodes. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at mermaidpodcast. If you know a mermaid or a mermaid expert we should interview, you can fill out a Google form linked also in the show notes at mermaidpodcast.com. As always, if you have any questions or comments, please email us at podcast at cinderly.com. We will be back very soon with more mermaids! It's the Mermaid Podcast. We've got mermaids on the land and down below. Legs or fins, you will love our show. All the news that makes a splash is on the Mermaid Podcast.